0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version, updated. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley And they were dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, And they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, "'Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, "'Thus says the Lord, "'I am going to open your graves "'and bring you up from your graves.'" O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil, and then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for us this morning thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you because I know that you're going to speak to us through it this morning. We ask, oh Lord, that you will just open our minds and our hearts to receive it. I pray, Lord, that you will give me your thoughts to be my own. Lord, you know that we need you every single day. And so we just ask that your presence will continue to fill this place and speak to our hearts. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. God talks to people in a variety of ways. If you don't know that, you haven't read your scriptures. Because if you go through scripture, you find that there are so many different examples of the ways in which God talks to folks. He does everything from sending angels to giving dreams and revelations to appearing as thunder and lightning on top of a mountain to even being a quiet breeze. In our scripture today, there's a use of visions and out-of-body experiences as a way of God revealing things to Ezekiel. You see, prophets experienced these different ways of God's revelation and God speaking to them, and their task was not really a complicated one in one sense. It was whatever you receive from God, turn around and give it to the people. Whatever God tells you, tell the people. They were a go-between, if you will, to try to help the people to hear from God, hear what God had to say. We have to remember that in the Old Testament times, people were afraid of God to the point that they didn't want to hear directly from God, to the point that they were afraid if God spoke to them or showed himself to them, They would die. And so prophets were really important because they served as the go-between, as the buffer between God and and them. And God would give the prophet the message, and they would receive it uh, from the prophet. And that's the way God communicated. At times, the revelation was explained and very clear and very plain. And at times, I think the prophets just scratched their heads and went, what am I supposed to do with this? How am I supposed to tell the people this? This doesn't even make sense to me. How is it going to make sense to them? There are times when the the revelation of God was not clear at the moment, and it was only understood over time as they saw it come to pass, as they saw things that the prophets had said happen. In our scripture today, Ezekiel was brought by the Spirit of the Lord and set in the middle of a valley But this is no ordinary valley. This valley was full of dried bones. If it wasn't enough that the whole valley was covered with dry bones, we're told that God gives them the grand tour. He takes them and shows them the whole valley of dry bones. He walks them between the bones and shows them all of these bones that are piled up everywhere on this valley. God wanted him to see how many there were. He wanted him to observe just how dead these bones were. It was important for Ezekiel to understand the starting point for this vision. It made all the difference in the world. The scripture says that the bones were dry. They've been dead a long time. We know from our own understanding of bones that they're not naturally dry, right? Bones have marrow inside. And they're usually covered with, with uh, skin and sinews and muscles. And so they're usually not dry. To have a bone be dry, it implies that they have been sitting out for a long time under the elements. They've had time to decompose. The life that they once used to promote is nowhere to be found. It's really way gone when the bones are dry. Anyone looking at this valley would have thought, there's no life here, none to be found anywhere. In the valley of dry bones, there wasn't a sign of life. Ezekiel was the only one besides God that was there, that was any sign of life. After showing him the dry bones, God asked Ezekiel a question. Mortal, can these bones live? Now, when God asked Ezekiel this question, I feel like it was when I, like when I asked the kids, can God make a rock big enough that he can't lift it up? It was kind of one of those questions that would kind of catch 22, you know. If he said yes, and he declared that these bones could live, he was presuming that God was going to bring them back to life. And if he said no, then he was declaring that, that God was not going to be able to bring them back to life. They've been dead for too long. It wasn't going to happen. In a way, any answer that he gave could have been misconstrued and mistaken by God. So Ezekiel chose incredible wisdom when he says, Oh Lord God, only you know the answer to that question. How many times do we need to have the wisdom to be able to say, Oh Lord, only you know the answer to that question? You know, we, we are always seeking answers in our lives. We're always trying to figure out things in our lives. And sometimes we need to have the humbleness and the acknowledgement that there are things that only God knows and only God can help us with. And we don't have the answers and we don't know the solution. And Ezekiel basically acknowledged, hey, you know the answer to that question Ezekiel, in his mind, could probably not see how these bones would ever live again, but he basically reminded himself of who he was talking to. He's like, I'm not just talking to some other guy or a buddy of mine. I'm talking to God who made everything, who has the power to do anything, who I believe is the creator of the universe in whom all things were made. I'm not going to be the one to tell God he can't do something. I always find it interesting that God referred to Ezekiel as mortal among a valley of dead bones. I might have been a little offended but God reminded me of my mortality in the middle of all these bones. Think about it. Hey, you mortal. Tell me, are these bones going to live? And Ezekiel's going, yeah, thank you for reminding me I'm going to be among these bones one day. Help, thank you for reminding me that I have a limited lifespan. Thank you for reminding me that you're infinite and I am not in the same way. You know, I think that that the word mortal here appears several times to remind us of the difference between us and God, of his all-powerful nature Of the fact that He's the one who was, is, and is to come, that there is no beginning or end to Him. And when you're talking to God and you remember who He is, then that's got to change your answer to His question. That's got to affect the way you talk and what you say. But just because God can do something doesn't mean He will do it. And that's hard for us, right? Because God can do everything, but does he do everything? No. As I was trying to explain to the children at the beginning, God has unlimited power, but he limits his power to give us free will. He limits his power to allow us to make choices. Sometimes we make the wrong choices, and he's gracious enough to bring us back to his path. But just because he can do something doesn't mean he will do it. So Ezekiel does not presume that God's going to do anything. He instead says, you know, you know the answer to that question. I don't. And then God simply tells him, okay, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord your God to these bones. I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and you will have cost and I will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. This is what he's supposed to tell to all of these dry, dusty bones. Would we have prophesied? Would we have said what God told us to say? Or would we have pointed out just how dead these bones were? Would we have stopped and said, God, I don't even know how these things go together. There's pieces everywhere. God, I don't know if that belongs to this one, and there's a piece over there that looks like it's missing. Some of these bones look like if you pick them up, they're going to become dust, and you want me to tell them that they're going to live again? You want me to prophesy over them, over this deadness, over these dry bones? I mean, wouldn't we have felt a little silly doing that? It was really dead out there. It sounded like a foolish errand. How do we prophesy a new future into being when the present shows no evidence of that future? How do we prophesy a new future into being when the present shows no evidence of that future. Because that's what what Ezekiel had to do. He had no evidence these bones were going to come back to life. He had no proof or evidence that there was any hope for them at all. All he had was God's word that he was supposed to repeat. And he had to choose. Do I believe it? Do I repeat it? Do I declare it? And the scripture says he did. So he prophesied as, as he had been commanded and suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there were sinews on them and flesh came upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. At the first speaking and prophesying over these bones, the power of God was released. And these bones started forming up together. Can you imagine the rattling of all those bones, trying to find all the other pieces and coming together to form these bodies? Because at this point, they're not just forming skeletons. They're forming bodies, folks. The skeletons are coming together, but then they're being covered with sinews and and skin, and they're forming into bodies. They're forming into shapes. Now they're not just bones that are spread apart and all over the place. Now they're a collection of bodies, but there's still something missing. Scripture says that they, they were there But they had no breath in them. They were not alive. Raising these bones is a witness to the lordship of God who has the power to command them to come together. But that witness was not enough. God didn't just want to show that he could put a body back together. He wanted to show them that he could bring it to life. He wanted to show them that he had the power to restore it completely. But something was still missing. Then God said to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, mortal, say to the breath, thus says the Lord, come from the four winds O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. And the scripture says, He prophesied as God commanded him, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet a vast multitude. God's word in the mouth of believers brings life and power. It brings life and To those who'd had no life. That breath of God went into those bodies. And now they weren't just bodies. Now they were living creatures. Standing on their feet. A vast multitude. And I just want you to imagine. All this this army. This sea of, of bodies. Standing in attention. There was something incredible happening before Ezekiel. And I'm sure that he was going. Okay this is really. Bizarre and strange and cool, but what does it mean? What does it mean? It is not until now that God has revealed that these who were in that valley of bones had been slain. We assumed they had been killed, right? Or they died somehow because the bones were dry. There was no life in them. But it is only now that we are told that they were slain. These slain came back The life. The God we serve is a life-restoring God. And one who is able to restore that which is taken from us. Even our lives. And that's important. Because when we're telling about God to other people, when we're telling people about God, we're talking to them about the one who is able to restore their lives. We're talking about the one who can bring his life into their life and give purpose and meaning to their every day. The vast multitude stood as in attention, responding to the word of God in the mouth of the prophet. When we declare the word of God, there is power in the word of God. You know, that's why we often pray scripture, That's why we often sing Scripture. That's why we often memorize Scripture. It's not just for the sake of knowing some words. It's because there is power in the Word of God. And that power gets manifested when we declare that Word of God, when we profess it, when we say it, when we share it. Whenever we're in trial or tribulation or circumstances and we recall the Word of God, that Word has power to give us faith, to give us hope, to give us strength, to give us so many things that we need at that moment. Those bones were raised in more ways than one. They weren't just standing. They were living. You know, God doesn't just want us to stand. He wants us to be alive with His life. He wants us to be counted for His kingdom He wants us to be professing the words and the promises that he has given us in Scripture. Then God explained to Ezekiel what all of this meant. Because I'm sure that he was going, okay, this is really bizarre, this is really cool, but what does it mean? What do I tell the people? They're not going to understand this. All this stuff about bones coming together and coming to life. And so God explained it to him. These bones represented the house of Israel. They felt that their bones were dried up and that their hope was lost and that they were cut off completely because they were in exile in Babylon. They felt far away from God. They felt like their life source had been cut off and that there was no way to reestablish that connection. But clearly they weren't dead. They were still in exile They were still living, but to be apart from God and to be separated from God might as well be death. They felt like they were apart from God, and even though they were not physically dead, they felt felt spiritually dead. They felt that they couldn't worship in the temple, they couldn't be back in their homes, in their country, and they thought that all hope was lost. And Ezekiel came to let them know that even in that condition and situation, God was able to put his spirit in them to restore them and to bring them home. God says, I will not just open your graves. I'll bring you up from your graves, bring you back to life, and return you to the land of Israel to the land that has been promised, to that which I have told you I will give you, and I will put my spirit in you so that you can live. There's something terrible about losing connection. Something terrible about losing your connection with God. For us, you know, it's it's easy to understand losing connection. How many of us have, have... lost internet or cable at home. Anybody gone through that experience? Anybody wanted to throw their phone or bash their computer or their remote when they couldn't get it to connect? Anybody gone through the whole troubleshooting thing of turning everything off and on because you were lacking connection and you couldn't get through and you were frustrated by that? It happened to me once, I was watching a program and in the middle of it, cable's gone. And there's nothing worse than being in the middle of it and it's gone. And I went through all the troubleshooting, I even called the company to see if there was an outage and everybody else around me had cable, but not me. My neighbor had cable, but not me. I had lost connection and I didn't know why. And I remember that was so upset. And I remember talking to them and said, how fast can you get here? Because I'm missing my show. And of course, AT&T made me wait like three days. And they came. They said, we discovered your problem. Your neighbor was cutting the grass, and he cut your cable literally snapped it in two. He said, there was nothing you could do to restore your connection. Ezekiel was basically telling the people, there's nothing you can do to restore your connection, but there's someone who can come and restore the connection with you, and that is God. He is able to bring you back from Babylon and from exile, and give you back your land. He is able to restore the life that He promised your forefathers would be in you, and He is faithful to all of His promises. And God not only is faithful, but He wants to do it. He wants to do it. He wants to bring you up from your grave. He wants to bring your dry bones back to life. He wants to reconnect you so that you are fully connected again. Our prayer should be for God to revive us with his spirit and his presence every single day that He would keep us connected when we lose connection, that He would lift us up when we fall down, that He would restore our health when it fails, that He would fill our lungs with His breath, so we can praise Him. You know, all of this was so that they would know that the Lord their God was with them. The purpose of all this was that they would know that He was true to His promises, And to his covenants. And that with God. There's never a time when we are hopeless. Because in God there's always hope. And there's life. When we're facing things in our lives. That suck the life out of us. Things that make us feel like we are more dead than alive. We need to remember that God has promised. To bring us out of our graves. And give us life. We need to remember that He's promised to restore us, to restore these dry bones and make them live again through His Holy Spirit. God can bring life where there is no life. He can give joy where there is no joy. He can bring hope where there is no hope. There's nothing impossible for God. And God is faithful to His promises. Even though the people were in exile, God was willing to act on their behalf. He was willing to restore them and to bring them back to their land because he had promised that he would be with his people, that they would be his people and that he would be their God. This should be encouraging to us because we know that there is no situation from which God cannot redeem us There's nothing that we can go through where God can't reconnect us to himself. And there's nothing in which we have to be afraid because God promises to be with us. I pray that we continue to let God's life throw through our life and that we continue to tell the world that he is our Lord, that he is our God, and that Jesus is our Savior. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for the vision to Ezekiel. I thank you, Lord, because it brings us hope, Lord, that no matter how desperate or how difficult the situation might be, no matter how dead things might look, you can always bring them back to life. We ask, O Lord, that you will let your life flow through our life, that it is your word that will be in our lips and in our mouth, That it is your word that is in our hearts and in our minds. And that it is your kingdom that we continue to build here on earth. Lord, help us. Help us to be revived again through your Holy Spirit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar is always open if you want to come up for prayer. As we ask God to just continue to make his life our life.